everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome my new friend, Daniel Chun. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Doing great, doing great. I'm honored to be on the When I Grow Up podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, no, the honor and it's all mine, Chun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Truly. this this uh, this relationship has spanned over the course of the last four weeks. And why not dig a little deeper on a podcast? I yes, mean. absolutely. I'm really <laughs> excited. So Chun and I met through my sister-in-law, their friends, and we um, for those of you that don't know, you know how I took a little hiatus off the podcast and I was in um, California for like three and a half, four weeks and mm. um, Chun and my sister-in-law took us to like, you know, different spots in California. So me, so me, so me, so me, man, uh-huh. sponsor me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but um, if you don't know So Me, So Me, it's like this ice cream place. It's so silly, but David and I, <laughs> <laughs> are still talking about it because <laughs> there's trying there's just one place in atlanta and it's called yeah. uh it's like two plus two or something like that uh-huh. and i was like hey there is a place like that here <laughs> but then david was saying it's not like the gimmick part of like the pool mm. bang. Oh, so they have, they mm. have pool bang on top and then i the for like what is that the soft, soft serve, serve? Like, yeah yeah soft serve yeah. yeah so he said that it was the soft serve that he loved the soft serve but is really good yeah, it so is good. anyone anyone who's listening uh when i grow up want to be a somi somi franchise manager <laughs> like make one in atlanta i guarantee it'll pop off yeah it, it, no for real no we, we got to do it first that's what <laughs> yeah this is so true <laughs> oh man but hey, man, thanks again for um, coming on with me and hanging out for a little bit. Um, so when I grew up podcast, obviously, you know, is we're talking about people that do different careers. So Chen, what do you do? <laughs> ah, that's a great question. That's a great question. I am a account representative or executive, whatever you want to call it, at Dropbox. Uh, so to put in layman terms or English, I work in sales at Dropbox. Nice. So for <laughs> so and the very small chance that someone doesn't know what Dropbox is, mm. um, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, that's a fair question. So Dropbox is a cloud storage platform. It originally started as that in the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Um, and it was kind of like it's first of its kind, a lot of personal storage in the cloud where you... Uh, if, if I want to break that down, if people don't know what the cloud is now, uh, usually a lot of storage is, you know, directly on, let's say, USBs or hard drives or things like that. But now we can put it into, quote unquote, the cloud, but Dropbox and like Amazons and Googles, they have these huge data centers where they can store a lot of your information. So it's not physically in a USB. So if you lose a USB or something like that, uh, you can't have access to that information. But if you put it in the cloud, I can log in from wherever, my phone, any laptop, and I can get access to it. So uh, it's a cloud storage platform. And then, you know, it's grown into like a collaboration software, and just a bunch of other bells and whistles. So that's nice. Dropbox. Yeah, man. I For a split second, I forgot about like thumb drives and stuff. I know. Until you Floppy mentioned this. <laughs> um okay so dropbox like you said is a storage space for people's Mm. stuff on the computer um um but what was it 
you said you're in sales, like account mm-hmm. executive. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'm like, why would you need to sell Dropbox to somebody? 100%, 100%. Um, so I don't do sales for like personal usage. So it, let's say you needed a Dropbox account, you can just go online and, and sign up for yourself and just do that. Um, I work B2B. So that basically means business to business. Um, so if when I grow a podcast becomes a huge 200 employee organization and you guys need like a storage platform, um, usually the big, the big dogs are basically Microsoft and Google. Mm. Um, and so a lot of the infrastructure within an organization is probably going through Microsoft. Um, but there could be subsets of teams that use a Dropbox business platform or, they like using Dropbox because it's easy to collaborate with other companies or third-party vendors. I may be getting too much in the weeds, but that's basically it. Yeah. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. That makes sense though. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does a typical day for you look like then? Great question. Um, you know, with the cliche answer, every day looks different, but also the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to look like I can have client meetings, um, you know, my position here at a sales role is I do the full sales cycle. So I start from prospecting to generating meetings. Uh, Once the meetings happen and we go through the sales process, then I need to, you know, hit up certain other departments like the technical department to go ahead and walk them through the tool, demo it, and then go through our commercial team, build a contract, a proposal, and get that signed off. And that's through close. So Mm. I'm the one orchestrating that whole process. Mm. Um, And so meetings will be different, whether they're first meetings or demo calls or pricing calls, things like that. Um, And then in the middle of that are a bunch of, you know, you know, sales kind of hygiene, a lot, a lot of other salesy stuff like team syncs and, and whatnot. But the bulk of my job is to be on zoom and sell Dropbox. So that's really what it is. Oh man, I feel like that is more challenging than I imagine. Because like first, you know, you said you have to find prospects. Like, is that something you do personally or Dropbox, sorry, Dropbox like brings that to you? Like, oh, these are the potential clients or you have to research that. Yeah, it's a lot of outbound. So, you know, other sales roles could be inbound where you're just sitting and people are like, hey, I want Dropbox. And obviously that's the easiest sell because people want Dropbox. All right, what do you want? And then you could just sell them that way. This is outbound, so it's a lot harder where you're trying to bring value that you may not see, but I'm trying to bring you like, hey, this is what you need. And you're like selling them on it, um, which is more difficult, definitely. And so a lot of my time is spent on prospecting and um, getting like good email campaigns out there. Like all the emails, all the all the blasts that you get, like I'm that guy that's having you in a sequence. So if I have Blair Kim on, uh, email sequence. I'll have you on for like 45 days. I hit you at these days with this type of messaging. That's me. Oh. So I'm that, I'm that spammer. I'm the annoying guy. So. And then like, so from that, like, do you get emails back? Yeah, I actually do. I actually do get emails back. <laughs> sorry, sorry to ask you like that, but I'm oh, like, great question. delete, delete. <laughs> Overwhelming response is unsubscribe. But, uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, but, uh, you know, there's, it's not just plain emails. Like, do you want Dropbox? There's obviously value written into it. Like, Mm. Hey, you have X amount of usage already in your, in your domain. Like, are you aware of this? Do you need to lock it down for security purposes? Why do you have people using Dropbox? So 
I help you kind of like uh, contextualize that type of usage on my end and then we can talk further. So nice. <laughs> um, so like um, how does one I mean, Dropbox is a pretty large and recognizable company. Sure, um, yeah. How it by the way, are they like where are they headquartered? So they were headquartered in like uh, in San Francisco. That was the main office. But like Austin was a huge another huge office. Um, but when COVID hit and quarantine hit in 2021, they went fully remote. So they sold all their office space and everyone is fully remote forever. <gasps> I mean, yeah. that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good business side for sure. Yeah. Cause you don't get a lot of like the, what is it? The revenue doesn't dip as much just because people are, are out of their office. So, but I guess yeah. it like doesn't create that work environment that some people look forward to. I miss it. I miss yeah, it. Yeah. I'm that type of guy that feasts off in office type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like getting to know your coworkers yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so how does how did you end up working at Dropbox? Or actually, Ooh. maybe we should take it way back. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go. Um oh, and by the way, um one thing that I definitely want to touch on is like I think when we were hanging out a couple weeks ago, something that you said really stuck with me and struck a chord was, you know, you realized that um, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do in order to like make your passions like work mm. too. Do you mm. remember having this conversation? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. Um, so like, let's be sure to like chat about your passions as well. But oh, yes. Um, anyways, that we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, can you take me back to the beginning, like high school? Like- <laughs> wow, we're throwing it back. Okay, okay, I like that. And I think it'll all intersect in terms of the passions and the career trajectory until what I have now. Um, but okay. So high school, like, mm, do you just want me to just go off about high school? Oh, um, I guess what I want to know is in high school, did you know what you wanted to do? Like as far as Mm. majoring or where you wanted to go to school, things like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. Um, so out of high school, I was, um, I was a really good student coming into high school and then high school hit. And then I just got involved, of course, with sports. Like I played football for a few years. Oh, you Dropped. did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. What I, was your position? I was a receiver. Oh, uh-huh. I guess you're tall. Uh, yeah, that was the that was the only thing that I hit. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it was the only thing. Um, but yeah, I played football for a little bit. I was involved with like, uh, we call it ASB here as a student body. Um, so really heavily involved with school and just having a lot of fun. So um, uh, during that time, that was kind of like the first time my mom didn't work or my mom worked. So she was a stay-at-home mom since I was younger. And then since the recession, we we're battling a little bit of it. So she had to go work. So I'm like eyes wide open. Um, mom's not at home. My brother's not at home because he's doing football or other extracurricular stuff too. My dad's not at home. So I was just playing around. I was doing anything. Um, And then my grade suffered, of course. And so I fast forward to senior year. um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do and where I want to go. And um, I'm looking towards like, okay, I suck at science. I suck at like a lot of other things that are technical. 
and I like relationships. I like talking and my brother has majored in business. So I was like, oh, we'll go the business route. Mm. Um, and then something a little unorthodox is I was able to, I had the opportunity, of course, to go to state school, like Cal State Fullerton or something around here. But um, something that I realized was in anyone who's, if anyone who's listening, who's in high school, that's a senior possible chance. Um, and if you're debating on whether to go to a state school, or if you think you can aim higher, I would completely recommend the community college route because worst case scenario, if you kind of screw up in community college, you can still transfer back to that state school, unless you're like something really bad happened, you probably could go back to that state school, but, um, at least give yourself a chance to transfer somewhere, um, that may be a better institution for you or gives you better networking or just, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. Yeah. So that's what I had uh, as a mindset going into it. Like I could still go to Cal State Fullerton after two years and save a little bit of money by going to community college. So I went there, um, literally head down, grinded, and I transferred to USC after one year. And so I got to USC and before kind of like throwing it back before high school, I always loved sports. Um, My family friend, would uh would basically turn on sports center like he was older than me and we would just watch sports center reruns all day and so, so fun. i'd be just like all up in sports and i loved usc football so got into my dream school wow. i yeah, was able to work for the football team immediately doing video like i didn't care what i was doing i was gonna do something so um i got a job recording like practices and games um never recorded anything never used a camera but i just learned and that's uh, crazy like don't let's not pass over this situation (laughs) like so you just got went went to usc which again is is not a small feat um especially you know from where i sit in the in georgia it's like okay like you just got into usc no big deal but um (laughs) (laughs) but um so you get in and then you're like, oh, I'm going to work for the football team no matter what. Is that your, what you're saying to me right now? Yeah, I wanted to get involved. And so, uh, yeah, I just I, I got like involved. Like you I, like walked in and were like, do you have a job or is there like a oh, place I, you go to look for that yeah, on the computer? Yeah, I, I wish I was a little more ambitious, but I actually had a friend from high school that was working on the video side. I so see. I see. OK, he got me in and okay. it was a perfect it was a perfect. Uh, That's pretty time, cool. Time, yeah. 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 So um, one of the core things that I wanted to do when I got to USC was just get involved, of course, outside of the, you know, I was involved with like the Korean like campus missions um, organization, of course. Um, But I wanted to get involved outside of that and really wanted to hone in on like sports business. Um, And that's where my eyes started become more open. And so there was a uh, club called Sports Business Association at USC. But at Mm -hmm. the time, it was really not big at all. Um, right when I came is when they were gonna like kind of recharge it because I think it went dead for a few years. Mm-hmm. And so I was, you know, I remember being in a classroom of like 20 kids and we're trying to, you know, recharge like the sports business uh, association at USC because we're in LA, we have, I don't know, six to eight like pro teams that we can tap into and a lot of professionals that are willing to give back. So how can we not, be able to use that resource to um, encourage and provide insight for not only us selfishly, but like other students that want to get into sports business. And so um, 
through that program or that club got really involved, was able to hold like networking nights, uh, mm -hmm. career fairs, like info sessions, things like that. And so that opened my eyes into the sense of before I went to USC, all I saw in SportsCenter were just anchors and reporters. And that's all you did. And people that were like GMs, like that's just like a un, you can't break through that roof. Right. Um, and so I think that now. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, for sure. It's it's a different, it's a difficult uh, thing to get break into. But at least in the Sports Business Association, I was able to see like, oh, there's sport, uh, corporate sponsorships, there's like business analytics, there's everything that you have in a normal company, just for a sports team, right? And like, honestly, I didn't know that. And so... Um, that's cool. I didn't yeah. know that either. I mean, yeah. I guess I do know that kind of in my head, but yeah, for yeah. you to like kind of articulate it, it sounds a little bit different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was, that was really good. Where am I going with this? Um, I had a big passion for sports business and um, basically graduated USC back in 2016 and um, wanted to get into sports and my first job, I didn't really care what I, what I got in as. And I, got in as uh, basically it was an inside sales rep for Angels Baseball selling tickets. So it was a big blow to kind of my like, I maybe identity, but ego, mm -hmm. but I was so laser focused on being in sports that I didn't really care because mm -hmm. my colleagues would, or not my colleagues, my friends would be in going to consulting, PwC, EY, like traveling all over. But here I am on the phone calling Blair Kim hey do you want Angels tickets mm -hmm. and of course Angels even now they're not that good and so it was it was tough uh for sure but I loved it because I was in sports um and yeah that was my first job um personally yeah, I first I feel it sounds very exciting but <laughs> <laughs> but but yes mm -hmm. yeah I can yeah. see how right out of college it might feel that way especially if you're comparing yourself to other people for sure for yeah. sure and yeah. and you have that natural comparison when you come yeah. out of college like oh where are you guys working at um but don't get me wrong it was really fun I basically had like season seats obviously like after after oh shoot day. is that obvious that's not obvious to me you did <laughs> Well, I mean, we, we worked at the stadium. So after uh, after a day that we work, we just walk out and we're at the baseball game and sit wherever and we just chill with our with our buddies. And so it's fun. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it was and awesome. If, it was if you don't do that right after college, when are you going to do that? Exactly. That is true, actually. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're there for how long? I was there for a year. I was there for a year. Um, and so this kind of goes back to like, uh, one of one of the things I would always say starting in high school, um, because an older friend would always say this too, is it's not what you know, it's who you know. And, mm. you know, you can, I think in college and during those technical times, obviously you can like roll your eyes, but when it comes, when it comes down to it, of course, with technical roles, like you've got to do your work, you've got to go to grad school to pass your licenses, do that. But in the end, uh, it's, I, I still believe it's who, you know, and being able to network with the right people. So even the angels gig, um, I was able to get through a contact that I met at, um, USC sports business. And then after a year there, uh, someone reached out with, um, kind of one of my mentors that I, uh, got with at USC on the sports business side, he reached out and, um, I was in constant communication with him. He was 
you know, he was great. He was awesome to giving me books, giving me advice. And he reached out with this opportunity with this startup called Baller TV. And so I had no idea what the startup was. Uh, didn't know the startup space at all, but I was excited because they were growing a lot and um, basically had just one interview, talked with the co-founders once, had dinner with them and uh, they were like, hey, come on board. So it's like, all right, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was in sports and it was something uh, pretty cool. So uh, got into it and I was like, I was the 13th employee there. Um, and essentially my role there was to head up, uh, basically Baller TV Backtrack is a platform that, la- that um, streams amateur live sports. Mm. And so if you have a kid that's in junior high, high school, those tournaments, and you can't make the games, you basically pay a subscription and have access to those games because we're going to be recording them. That is so brilliant, I feel like. But <laughs> so... Um... Oh, sorry. Were you going to say, you're going to tell me what you oh. did there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, basically what I did there was uh, I got the knowledge and the learnings that I had from angels baseball, a little bit of the structure and this like sales CRM, the sales flow, all of that. And basically implemented, was able to implement that at baller TV. And then they were mm. basically, they had their product already in set and they were looking to scale and their investors are looking for it to scale like, 10x for that year and so they needed someone with like boots in the ground like wanting to do everything type of attitude and so um that's what i did and sorry what is crazy. 10x uh 10 10x the business so like if you if you guys are making a thousand uh dollars of revenue mm-hmm. yeah for that year it's 10x that i see i see Ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no no worries no sorry worries. i'm sorry i'm throwing all these weird terms but um, no, it's me. Yeah. It's not you. I just know nothing. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. Good question. Um, so, uh, I okay. So I like, I forget sometimes that you are like the business side of things mm. because you know you're so into sports too. So and I like am not that like that. Like I don't think my mind doesn't work like that. So it's really interesting that um you have been able to, at this point in your life, right, to, like, Mm -hmm. marriage the two, um, which is really cool. Um, And I, so about Baller TV, though, I just have a question. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you said that, we've we've talked about it before, just you when we were meeting up in California, but, like, so they stream um, games, like, Mm -hmm. kids' games, like, high school games, right? Yeah. So like how does one stream that? Like like yeah, like question. how does Baller TV get someone to record whatever is going on there? Great question. Great question. So the production value is definitely low in order to um stream cuz what we're promising is there are other streaming companies out there but what they'll do is, you know, tournaments are big. They could have like 200 teams. And that could span over, you know, five, six different high schools with three courts each. So it's like 20, 20 total courts. But right. what a local streaming service could do is just come in and you have your top two courts and they could provide streaming for that. And it's going to be good. But uh, what we're bringing is we're going to stream every court in every game. And so obviously doing that at scale, like doing that massively across like multiple events per weekend is going to be a very hard logistical and operational challenge. 
And yeah, so that essentially, seems crazy. yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> it is pretty psycho. Um, so for basketball, we just have one. Uh, basically, the, the way we record it is through iPads. <laughs> so we have oh. one iPad at center court on the on the out of bounds side. And we basically employ like, um, basically have a gig economy business. And what that means is like an Uber, a Lyft, the Postmates, um, tapping into those contractors that are more on-demand basis. And so we throw out ads out there that we need videographers, no experience needed. You're going to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday from these hours. And then they come in on the iPad. We give them, like, we tell them to pick up the iPads on FedEx. Uh, There's site leads that go ahead and distribute them for the videographers. And they're like the managers that, hey, you've got XYZ people that are coming at these times. And um, yeah. That's they, crazy. It's, it's really like, <laughs> crazy. It's really crazy, honestly. Like the production side of it to me is like an ant. That sounds like a beast. Like I don't know. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I I didn't even like when we had talked about it. It didn't even really occur to me, like logistically, what that would look like. But I realized as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, if you want to do that, who's recording all these streams? Like you have to yeah. get someone to go there yeah. and do it. Yeah. So yeah. that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. It's insane. And when you're but relying on. So brilliant yeah. too. Like I'm sure yeah. there are people that like came, right? Like, like no big deal. Yeah, I can do that for afternoon. Ooh, Hit a button yeah, and... good question. Good question. Um, you know, in theory, when it works well, it's awesome. <laughs> And when it works well, it's awesome. But of course, like early Uber days or like any early startup days, it's 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 wild out there. And yeah. so, you know, when you're when you're relying on people, people that generally need work on the weekends and are getting paid X amount, like close to minimum wage, fit a certain type of mold, if sure, that makes any sense. Sure. And so when you're asking someone like that to come on a Saturday and a Sunday at 7 a.m. and go through to like 1 p.m. or if a site lead is there, their job is to be there the whole day. So it's long days for these tournaments, 7 a.m. to like 5 p.m. You know, there could be some drop off there. There could be some no shows. Yeah. And so there there were a lot of learning lessons, um, you know, when we're going into big events like these events sometimes are in convention centers with like a hundred plus courts playing basketball all the way around. Like once Eli gets a little older, maybe you can experience how crazy it gets, but it's insane. And so, um, yeah, it, it was, it was a lot of learning lessons. Like I know a lot of my job initially was a lot of partnership and sales stuff. And so we, we were able to, um, get contractual agreements with a ton of partners and, we were going to have the next obstacle of actually trying to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. And so my role obviously changed really quickly because mm-hmm. we're a s- small startup. It's like, I'm not tied to this one thing. So now I was traveling all over the, the freaking country <laughs> trying to like just get people to come through. Uh, it was crazy. Like I barely slept. It was, it was nuts. Oh, it was man. Nuts. Yeah. But it was That's fun. Insane. Like that, that first year was really fun because what we were able to do, what we were to prove to the market and to the investors is this was able to happen. Not obviously perfect and they're not looking for perfect, but we were able to do that at scale. And so our first round of funding, um, our series A, which is your first round of funding, mm-hmm. it was uh, a pretty substantial amount. And a lot of like athletes like Shaq, like Ron Artest, uh, a couple others wanted to get in, but we chose Dwayne Wade 
And so Dwayne Wade was our first investor and he was able to meet the office, get in partnership with him. So that stuff is really fun, of course. Yeah, um, that's so fun. Yeah. I'm like no. excited just listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> it was truly like one of those like grind out startup moments though. Once yeah. that happened and we got the funding, it was really awesome. So Wow. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Man, I know it happened a long time ago, but but congrats. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh wow. So okay. Um how long were you working there? Oh, yeah, I was working there for two and a half years and then the pandemic hits. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously with the pandemic, other businesses get get uh, impacted to certain degrees. And yeah. to us, that was our whole business. If there are no events, we have no revenue. Yeah, no revenue. Yeah. So at the time, um, this was twenty early 2020, we were looking at our second round of funding. We just came off a great year again. Um, multiple sports. We were not only basketball, we were volleyball, softball, a little bit of soccer. And so it was going to look really good. And then um, the pandemic hit and obviously the pens dropped. So um, they had to go into like kind of crisis mode because we were looking for money. So we didn't have a lot of runway to go with. And so uh, basically the whole company got laid off except the engineers and a couple product people. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was like one of the first waves to get laid off. So the when I first got laid off, like after a while, I think it was pretty commonplace. Like I got laid off, but I think I got laid off like mid or late March. So that was pretty early within the pandemic. Oh, and so no, that's like the beginning. Yeah, the beginning of it. Like it was crisis mode. Like, oh, like we, we were packing up to get out of the office. And, hey, I'll see you guys like next week, two weeks. I'll see you guys. Next right. week comes along. I get laid off. It's like, oh, snap. So they were foreseeing like what, what it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because they had, you know, emergency meetings with their investors and their investors like, Hey, I can only cut you a check X amount for you to have runway for maybe another year with this amount of employees. And, you know, it's a business. So I understand Mm -hmm. um, what had to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate, man. So (laughs) do they still exist? Yeah, they still exist. They're doing pretty well. Um, during the time, right when I was about to leave, we were just about to um, unlock or unleash this uh, autonomous camera that'll basically take off the person behind the camera because our core issue is relying on people to get there at certain times. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But if you can dramatically decrease that number of people that you're relying on uh-huh. just to set up these cameras that'll autonomously go with um, the players and the ball. And we had like a an AI team and a computer vision team that we acquired and they basically created this thing. So it really worked out for them. Um, and they're, they're still around. So it's good. I'm sorry. <laughs> this camera. Okay. <laughs> this camera is basically AI is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, it's like, they, it goes, it goes over my head too. It's like computer vision. And so it stitches, like if you place a camera, it's really hard for you to place a camera and for it to understand what the court boundaries are. Sure. Where to even go if, if, you know, basketball is moving side to side. And so they have all these algorithms and whatever they do on that side, but we acquired a company the previous year to do just that. (gasps) That's so cool. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) Man, that is crazy. Things I never even think about for real though. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. you get laid off. 
Uh-huh. And then, um, what is going through your mind? Oh, how old are you at this point? Twenty six. Okay. Twenty six. Yeah. 26. So like, I always joke with people when you turn twenty six, no more excuses. Oh yes, <laughs> like yes, 25 definitely. Twenty five is like okay, but twenty six, uh-huh. it's like okay, like let's let's go. Yeah, let's go, <laughs> let's go. I hundred percent agree. Twenty six was wild. Um, yeah, like even before I got laid off, I joke about this too. But actually, it was like not really a joke because um, that that earlier that year, Kobe died. So that was a huge, like Kobe was huge in my like sports journey. Dude. Okay. Yes. Keep going. (laughs) So Kobe died. And then right around that time, I think like a couple weeks before that, um, I separated from my then girlfriend. And so during that time, like, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) I was like, oh, like, what is going on right now? What is life? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Man, Kobe um, dying. That was I've I've I don't actually talk about this with anybody. Um but it really like was a turning point for me. Mm. <laughs> like mm. I don't know why. Like it just like oh my like it was just like oh my gosh, like yeah tomorrow is not promised mm. to anyone. Like you could have it all. Yeah. And like how old was he when he died? Oof, thirty-eight. Right. 30, so something? like that's like four years for me, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, it was like mine. I was. We were. I remember we were upstairs in my living room. There was a whole bunch of us. I think we were celebrating someone's birthday or something, mm. and we all got like alerts like on our phone, like text messages and things. And I'm like, yeah. this is a joke. This is not real. But but I f- always felt silly like saying that like Kobe's mm-hmm. death was a turning point in my life. Um, but after that, I like for months I lived differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so no, weird. seriously. But man, okay, so you get laid off and you're like, what is going on with my life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not only my life. I mean, at the time, of course, what's going on with the world? Right. Um, yeah, Craziness. just everything. Everything got flipped upside down. So I think. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I, like, looking back, it was a good time. And I think I needed it too, because mm. towards the tail end of Baller TV, while I was there, it was getting, uh, it was getting pretty difficult in terms of, you know, just being in a startup and, you know, always taking cuts, uh, like, hey, you'll, you'll get your promotion at this time. Once we raise in the next round, we'll get your raise here or, you know, certain things culturally as well weren't mm. uh, aligning with me. So at the time I was actually looking for other jobs as well. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, the timing of it was was good, at least on my end, because it helped me clear my mind. And then obviously through quarantine, um, yeah, I a lot of growth, like a lot of personal growth, at least during quarantine. Um, but then, you know, fast forward a little six months, I think it was, it was time to, uh, get a job mm-hmm. <laughs> once my uh, unemployment checks were were drying out once the economic stimulus was drying out there so um I think I during that time I started to come to grips of like hey like you know sports is great um for anyone that's looking to get into sports it's awesome and I say like go go at it with a hundred percent like passion but what you'll realize and what I say when I say all the time is um 
sports, working in sports is 99% business, 1% sports. So in the reality of it, it sounds cool. Like there are, if you work for a team, there are games there are certain perks that no one will ever have. But in the grand scheme of things, like you have deadlines, you have certain projects. It's not, it's, it's a business. Like mm-hmm. you have to perform mm-hmm. and you have to do it with full effort. And so, um, yeah, that's what I learned. And so chasing uh, a passion for sports doesn't, it's settled with me that it doesn't necessarily need to be my nine to five job um, for me to work in sports and be passionate about it for me to be feel like, oh, I'm fulfilling this passion or something. Um, so that's what I realized and uh, wanted to diversify myself too. I didn't want to be labeled as just that sports guy in the career world. Um, and so I- Wow, how 26 uh, year old of you. <laughs> <laughs> very very uh yeah very mature very i'm just mature. kidding i'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. um but yeah yeah that's uh what yeah i got got into my next role with uh a cybersecurity firm doing sales so <laughs> <laughs> which is great it's yeah. awesome yeah 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 um yeah it was good it was a good learning experience i think it was it's the wild wild west again and again, I realized like it was it was dawning on me more and more that how much like we put so much stock into our nine to five. Mm. And it was making me realize more and more that, yeah, nine to five is the job is what's giving you like money, getting you paid, making you giving you a living, obviously. Um, but I think putting I think growing up and like putting all your eggs in the basket, I, I was a sucker that I fell into this like do what you love and you never work a day in your life type of vibe, like of finding the exact place where I need to be. Uh, if I feel like I'm like toiling or like struggling, like this is not my true passion. Like I need mm-hmm. to go somewhere else. That's just really not the case. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think you can find your passions in other side projects or just even the way like you're just learning. Like I had no idea what cybersecurity was, but just learning that too. And being a sponge, I think. Uh, that's some of the learnings that I got from that. And then uh, was there for six months and then went to Dropbox. Nice. Wow. Um, That's interesting that you say that because, okay, because, you know, when I grew up, for me, the whole point is like, um, yeah, there are things you can do and like do what uh-huh. you love and and <laughs> yeah. do it well, you know, and mm-hmm. make money. And mm-hmm. um, but obviously, you know, not you're not the first one to say this, but um, I in the interviews I've done previously, right? It's like um, there are people that say that, yeah, like I love. I've had people come on. Um, I always joke, who is that person? That she was um, in like accounting or something, uh-huh. but like, yeah, she uh, made me want to like be an accountant. Cause she just loved it so much. Right. Oh, like wow. she really sold me on it. But <laughs> the point is, um, yeah, I think, you know, there comes a point where one needs to realize that that's not always the case, mm. but if you find a good balance in your life, to be able to do both is is the goal, I think, you know, like mm-hmm. to be able to live life fully and abundantly, right, um, mm-hmm. is is what I think really matters. Um, I don't know what you think. Yeah, but, no, yeah. I, no, I definitely agree. I mean, everyone's experiences and 
where they're at is of course totally different mm. um and I, I i definitely agree like you can definitely love what you do and sometimes you know you may not ever reach it like in terms of your nine to five but um if you if you are in that place that's awesome if you're not that's still okay like i think if you're if you're not in that place like specifically that if you're in that bucket is not to feel discouraged or anything like that to yeah. be like, Oh, let, let me like jump ship and go somewhere else. Like super suddenly. It's, right. Right. That's not it. But just, you know, yeah, that's take, not it folks. That's yeah. not it. Don't just jump. Take ship. a breath, take a breath, <laughs> take your time. The grass is not always greener on the yes, other side. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. we're so quick, especially in this generation, like, Oh, we don't like something. Let's just go, let's get out of here. Um, but we got to learn to take a breath, take a step back and understand what you're doing and why you want to do certain things. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I love that. Take a breath and figure out the why I think mm -hmm. is really important. And, sure. you know, um, and that's not to say too, like, you could be doing what you love, right? And to say that it's not hard is a lie, right? Yeah. Like, even the things you love is like very difficult to do. And you still got to put the work in. Um, but uh, so I, I mean, I have to ask you about just some <laughs> of the side projects that you work on. Please. Um, aside from Dropbox. And so if you could get into that a little bit with me, that would be awesome. Yes, of course, of course. I, uh, amongst my friends, I am the king of side passion projects. I have so many things that I've like created and have stopped and <laughs> it's pretty funny, but um, uh, I, I, I'll touch on, I'll touch on the first one, Kimchi Express is what we call it. So um, back in 2015, that summer, uh, I was a junior going into my senior year of college. I was looking for internships. Like that's the year that you do internships in the summer. Um, but I wanted to be in sports. And so I fell upon an article, an ESPN article that was talking about this tournament, this basketball tournament called the basketball tournament, TBT. And it was a bunch of like former NBA guys playing for a million dollars in a basketball tournament. I was like, well, this sounds really dope. And so I just reached out to the people there and it was like, Hey, I'm, you know, my name's Daniel Chan. I want to uh, help you guys out. I saw this article for the first time here on the West coast. I see that you guys are East coast based and feel like it doesn't have the amount of like attention and draw here on the West coast. So I'll be able to help you out. And so, yeah, the, we got on the phone. We, you're so bold. Like you just like <laughs> do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's key. Again, it's not, it's not what you know, it's do you know. Um, Have you think, always been like that? Like just kind of put yourself out there and just see what happens? Of course, of course. Oh. I I think one thing that I need to You know, to get that's back not to, normal, right, Chen? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, no, like, but in the best way possible, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, okay, that. cool. I think that's what USC at least taught me. If, if it's not one technical thing, it's definitely USC that taught me, you know, you have to... Um, even right now, I'm like reminding myself, like even um, what now 28, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I can't stop learning or can't stop uh, networking. And so I feel like I've kind of gotten, gotten into that downward trajectory of like networking and meeting people and other things like that, just because we're remote. But um, yeah. yeah, during college, I was, I was hitting up everybody, anyone that I wanted to talk to via email. Hey, can I get like 15 minutes of your time on the phone, do an information, informational interview and just talk about your experiences and you know, what you're doing right now too is, is exactly that because in a sense, like people love obviously talking about themselves and their journey. 
um, you may not be self-centered, but at least like if that goes a long way for another person, um, being able to pay it forward because so many people, you know, paid it to you, then that's their joy. And so, you know, surprisingly, a lot of people would love to get on a little call and, um, that's what I did in college. So any college students out there, if you want to do that, you definitely should do it. Um, uh, but yeah, that happened in 2015 was able to intern for them. Um, they were a tournament in only it's like second year at the time. So it's pretty small again, back to kind of that startup vibes. Um, but the year after, uh, I was going to intern for them again, but I realized during that previous year, watching the tournament, I saw that at the time, how you get into the tournament is be able to amass as many votes as you can. And so I would reach out to you. I'd reach out to my brother, my parents, and just tell them, Hey, can you vote for our team on their website? And so that's oh. how you got in basically. And there's no fee to get in. Anyone can get in and you play for a million dollars. And like, why wouldn't you want to do that? It's on TV. You get free jerseys. You play against professional basketball players. I was like a dream for me. Um, and so I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to get involved with the actual tournament. I'm not going to intern. And me and my buddy, uh, shout out Jay, um, we, we just were like, hey, we should get into this. And he were like, we need a team name. And he was like, hey, we should call it the Kimchi Express. It's like, all right. <laughs> and so uh, me, him, and a lot of our high school buddies that we knew here in Orange County uh, made a basketball team. And obviously no like professional experience, no collegiate experience. experience. Um, so a bunch of like high school players that came together and are playing against like legit pro basketball players. Um, so it was a really fun experience uh, that That's first year. That's crazy. So how many votes do you need to get to be in the tournament? Yeah, it's a competition. So it's four regions. It was divided between East, Midwest, South, and West. And our first year, I think there were only 12 slots for uh, that region. And I think we were number nine, number 10. Hey, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny because we people had no idea who we were and like who in the world is Kimchi <laughs> Express, like legit. And it was that, that year... Um, I was working at Angels Baseball and like my schedule was work at Angels Baseball, come back, eat dinner, and then get with all my friends. Like we had three or four core friends that really wanted to get in and we would just set our laptops down um, here in my house or some of their houses. And we would just go Facebook Messenger, like copy paste. Hey, Blair, copy paste. Hey, Blair, like, can you vote for us? Copy paste. Um, and we do that till like 1 a.m. And so we like, if I talked to you for two seconds in my life or we had a relationship, it didn't matter. I hit you up on Facebook Messenger. So uh, it's funny. It's yeah, we, we grinded to get into that tournament. That's um, amazing. But, but yeah, like uh, we did it again the, the next year. And then, I mean, that first year, obviously we get smashed by like 40 points by this team. Yeah. So like you guys <laughs> are playing like pro ballers yeah yeah These it's like guys. hard for me to wrap my head around this concept <laughs> because like i don't know any okay maybe okay anyways but um you weren't like scared <laughs> <laughs> i guess like you're just playing for fun at this point like yeah yeah so that first so to give everyone the lay of the land in the basketball industry like you have obviously the nba and then you have their development league called the G League now. But, you know, there are tons of basketball players that are out there that come out of college all the time. Right. And they make money playing basketball by playing overseas. So right, right. Europe has one of the top leagues. So like Spain, Italy, Germany, and you can play in Korea, Japan, 
now you can play anywhere, basically any country you name, you can, they have a basketball league, you can make money. Um, and so a lot of these guys come back to the States cause they're overseas for nine months of the year, come back to the States for three months, um, to be with their families and whatnot. That's during the off season. And that's when the tournament happens. And so, um, you know, if you're overseas basketball player, you're, if you're in a mid tier league, you're taking home maybe at the, at the time, or maybe even now like 60, 70, 80 K, um, playing basketball. Uh-huh. And, you know, when they come back, you know, you have a tournament that's free to enter for a million bucks. Of course, you're going to be interested, right? And you're playing basketball, you're good at it. So you got a chance. Yes. Yeah. And so those are the players that are playing in this tournament. And that's crazy. yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I don't know if, uh, do you remember Joe Johnson on the Hawks? This old yeah, school Atlanta. of course. Joe, like Joe Johnston played in it last year. Oh, what? Yeah. So it's grown a lot. Obviously, there's always former NBA players. That wow, come in and Chad, play. You, you and your friend are so cool. <laughs> no, we didn't play against them, but we were in the tournament. That no, we, but that's yeah. crazy. Wait, I, uh, real quick. Sidebar. Why? Yes, why did you guys go with the name Kimchi Express? That's a great question. So, you know, at the time, obviously, we're proud of being Korean and even in high school, we, I went to Sunny Hills in Fullerton, California. If people don't know it, it's basically Korea 2.0 in the suburbs. And legit, our high school was 50% Korean. Like it was completely backwards in terms of the demographics. Yeah, like no uh, lie, guys. It's, no, like dead it's not serious. like Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Um, and so, you know, we, our basketball team at the time was really good and we were like mostly all Korean and we're short. Interesting. Yeah. We were short. Like the tallest player we had was six foot, but we were like the warriors before the warriors. Like every time a basket was done, like it's kick, kick. And we go super fast. And like, people will always tell us like, you know, you're like, there's a bunch of like little Asian kids like running around and we would be really good. And we almost made it to like, um, this the like we call it the cif but like the regional like championship okay, okay went to the semis but we basically had that mo as a high wow. school so we were proud of that of course um but obviously just being proud of being korean american and even during the time it was crazy because to, to think back at it this is like our student section would be wild and so you know we'd be going crazy and i remember this one playoff game it stuck with me because um because i was like I was basically the, uh, my senior year, I was the pep commissioner for ASB, the associated okay. student body. Uh-huh. So essentially I'm the guy that's leading the cheers in like high school. Like, guy. Yeah. yeah. Hype yeah. guy. <laughs> but, um, this was the semi semis in the playoffs and right across from us was the other student section. And at a certain point, like we were, we were getting killed on that game. That team was pretty good, but they started busting out chopsticks and a dog mascot came out and was like roughing around so they're talking like pushing tongue like that vibe and are was, you serious yeah it was crazy i okay, mean it's wild back is, in the day. um like a dog that you eat <laughs> for people yes. that don't know yes and there is a stigma i guess with korean people i cannot believe they did that <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 wild um that would never happen in Georgia, but I can see it happening there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, those little experiences, I, I remember, like, it it bothered me, but it also made me even more proud to be Korean mm. and definitely being, like, a team that was full of Koreans. Um, 
that were like playing and competing against like you know whites blacks like other people that Koreans are not supposed to be competing against them on the athletic level mm -hmm. it, it created that pride and mm -hmm. so back to that kimchi express name it was it was also kind of like a jokish name but also like hey like you know we can ball too like we can compete too even though we don't play pro ball like you can respect us in the way that um, how hard we play and things like that. So. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. But I mean, like even working in the industry, as long as you did, like, was there a lot of Asian American representation? No, no, definitely not. Um, so that's why I mean, again, I didn't shy away from that. It was more like I, I got more inspired to be like, hey, I need to um, you know, spread the word basically, because, you know, like I grew up again with a bunch of Koreans and the Koreans that I grew up with love sports and love playing sports. And I'm sure that if they knew about the opportunities, whether on the business side or any side of things, um, and to be able to be working in sports, they'd probably take advantage of it. But I was thinking like, maybe they don't, maybe they didn't discover that later on or didn't have the, you know, I don't know, the passion to, to go ahead and go through with it because they just see like a, a white dominated or a black dominated industry. Yeah. Um, and so that's, again, more inspiration for me to like help paint that picture for, for other people or like the next generation. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I am greatly appreciative of that <laughs> um, for other young people that are listening to this episode is like, yeah, like, why not? Why not? I know. You know? Um, but sorry to kind of interrupt the story that you were telling. This is going long. Are you okay on time? Yes. Yes, okay, of okay. course. Of course. Um, yeah. Sorry. I'm yapping. I'm no, yapping No, this is great. <laughs> I love every single thing you've said so far. It's so late for you, Blair. No, it's good. I'm good. This is like my social hour, Chen. It's, it's all good. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, so, okay. What were you saying? You are saying that you guys played. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got dominated. <laughs> yeah, 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 we did. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. I right. mean, it makes sense. You know. we, we weren't expecting less. Uh, we got free jerseys, got on TV. So that's cool. So that's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. And you can say yeah. that you played in that tournament. Yeah. So, this, so, like you said, so you mentioned that the tournament has gotten pretty big, I guess, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. since then. Um, and then I. After some social media stalking, I noticed that you guys started to recruit for your own team, like a different yeah. team too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how that like evolutionizes, that first year we got smashed. Second year we got smashed again. And we're putting in all this effort. And the second year was in Vegas. So it, it just it gave us an excuse to be like, oh, we should do it again just to make a trip out of it. Um, but after that second year, it was like, okay, we're putting in all this effort. And then it just like it's fun for like 10 minutes to see us running around but then after a while if you're getting smashed you're getting smashed so right, like right. you don't really want to tune into that game um and then after that year just realize like dude we can't keep on putting all this time and effort into this for the result to be like that and so um people were hitting us up after that second year like because we because we were able to get a lot of votes again people were like oh how do you do that um, and so people want to kind of wanted to hop on some of these players. And so we started to realize like, man, we can actually get some players in and play for play on this tournament. And so we started recruiting. We just started sending a bunch of IG DMS to like 
every player out there to be like, hey, do you want to play with us? And it's so crazy that people would like the players that we got for that third year actually wanted to play for. If you look at our social at the time, it was crazy. Like if I if I was a player looking at our social and looking at the team Kimchi Express and a bunch of like Asian kids, (laughs) why would you believe that this team is going to even have a team or play basketball or do something? So like people agreed. Yeah, yeah, we got we got agreements from, you know, these guys are pretty like everyone played D1. Um, they're playing overseas and they agreed. And it was crazy because we had no idea what to do. We had to practice, uh, didn't know where to practice, um, didn't understand what to do. And the tournament was back in LA. And so we had a roster of 10 that we recruited. Um, but we, we quickly realized that, you know, if there's no money or flights involved, for the players, they're obviously not going to show up. So it sounds dumb, like after the fact, but at the time it was like, oh, of course they'll show up. You know, there's a tournament, of course they'll show up. But, you know, if you're not going to provide the flights, you're not going to show up. If you're not going to provide housing or meals or anything like that, they're not going to show up. And so the day before the game, we realized these guys are not contacting us back. And we have five players that are left. And I just came off, I was technically on the roster. I took on the last roster spot, but I just had ankle surgery. So I can't even play. And even if I do play, it's like, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving someone a breather for like 10 seconds and then come right back out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no point being on the, being on the court. But anyways, um, that year happened and we actually won our first game with only five players, which was insane. Um, it was so fun. That's crazy. It's so fun. It was so fun. And it was like, wow, we finally, it was like validation, like all that effort. We finally did it. We have pro players on our team. We're called the Kimchi Express with a bunch of like, it's myself and my friend Jay. That's are the coaches. Two (laughs) Korean like squids that are coaching on the bench. And yeah, it was fun. We won our first game and uh, lost, lost the next one, but um, it just showed us a lot. And so, you know, the following year, um, we really wanted to make it like big and uh, like expand this vision basically. And so we reached out to, uh, we wanted to get sponsorship because we can't pay this out of pocket. There's no way. Um, so we reached out to a ton of companies, sent hundreds of emails again, back to this like side project thing and, um, was able to get a meeting with BBGo and, <laughs> was able to sell them on what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. How did you get a meeting? Like you just emailed them? Just emailed them. Just emailed them. (laughs) Okay, I'm inspired right now. I'm like, I'm just going to email people all the time. Yes, 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 exactly. So if anyone doesn't get anything from this podcast, if, if the only thing that you take out is email someone, do it. Like that's, you've got to just shoot your shot basically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got, got meeting set up with BBGo and, and uh, like, um, I, I know we were talking with Puchangdo uh, Sundubu, like BCD Sundubu. That was pretty funny. Like these, like, it was like this Chinsen company. Um, they were just curious on what, what it was because I think people, like the Korean people understand the, the draw of sports. And I think even Korean industries are looking to expand their like, like advertisement and their partnerships. Um, I mean, yeah, like yeah. the Lakers, like yeah. it's BBGo. And then there's another team that... I saw recently is a Korean company, but anyways, um, yeah. 
Okay, so you get so you land sponsor sponsorship with BPGo, which is like huge. Yes, yes, and so we we uh, we jokingly take credit for the Lakers BBGo sponsorship because that before that before that we we were the ones that had the BBGo sponsorship in the beginning, like in that summer. So we just joking like, oh yeah, the Lakers heard about it because because of us, but. Um, no, I yeah. mean, I don't, I wouldn't doubt that at all. <laughs> no, 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 that's definitely not it. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was able to get sponsorship, got, got some cash and was able to run it back with this team and flew them all over. We, we, the tournament was at Wichita, Kansas. So me and a bunch of buddies went to Wichita, Kansas to be in this tournament. And um, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun again, playing under the kimchi express name, but yeah, I mean, the tournament's a tournament that's, kind of kimchi express and what it is in a nutshell um but i think what it allowed us to do or allowed me to do is understand again that this korean community is so small definitely countrywide Mm. and this korean community within sports is so small so i was able to connect with a lot of people that uh, reached out or i reached out with like certain coaches or you know there's a lot of you know korean people but also asian americans in sports that are doing like amazing things but we just don't know about it. Yeah. And I, I just got this passion again to, to do something about it. And so uh, we launched something called the kimchi family. And so um, I don't know why the kimchi is so involved with it. I think there's something with me, like people are, are always like, dude, why do you have to call it kimchi something? Why can't you call it like Koram or Seoul, <laughs> like something, you know, like Korean American something. But I think I, I really like kimchi because it also like educates people about like, like our culture. That's like our national dish. Like yeah. what the heck is kimchi? Like educating them on it. And even like kimchi express side, like all our players, like um, being able to like introduce them to like mandu, like we brought bibigo mandu and they were to eat it. And, like, oh, kimchi I saw and that, that the video of that. <laughs> them eating yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, one of those guys went to UGA. Go dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't think you know. He's more recent. His name's Derek Ogbede. Okay, I'll keep an eye out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, we, we started Kimchi Family. And it's kind of like what you do with when I grow up. Um, we're trying to relaunch it a little bit. We took a big hiatus. Um, but me, myself, and one of our coaches that we got from Portland, he's one of um, the high school coaches up there. We're trying to highlight um, Koreans that are doing <gasps> great stuff in sports i um, love that oh my yeah. gosh yeah that is so cool i'm like all about i mean you know you yeah, know, yeah, I love yeah that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> korean sports yes. like just, yes let's do it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing mm-hmm. very cool i mean yes okay so the, all all this to say um in order to do the things you love. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You got to work somewhere. Yes. yes, you have to work in nine to five. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. Man, I, man, this conversation was so enlightening for me. I feel like, um, th- again, things that I've, because I, I mean, I love, like, I love sports. Um, truly but you know on just a spectator level I did some production in sports right out of college which I really love too Um, it really gave me some behind the scenes kind of stuff but again the business side of it I've never thought about because I didn't I never had to and 
Um, it really is eye-opening. And I know that's not what you do right now. I know that you work for Dropbox, which is also very cool, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, I think it, it says a lot, Chun, like for you to be able to be able to balance all of it and kind of and understand what your priorities are, what your goals are for yourself personally. And um, I think it can become overwhelming. Um, for me, right before, actually right before I did this interview, I was <laughs> I was doing my QT. <laughs> mm, mm, and um, it was talking about like, um, yeah, like, okay, this is so, I feel like this is so off topic, but uh, I have a point. Um, yeah, like, the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall I fear? Mm. Right. And I, I started thinking about this because I'm like, okay, I fear like rejection. Like mm-hmm. I fear people turning me down. Um, and it's something as simple as like, even, let's take this podcast, for example. Like I keep bringing up the email stuff because I don't, I don't like everyone's like, oh, like, why don't you like email like, I don't know, Jeremy Lin or whoever, right? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like I don't like I don't I don't want to. <laughs> right, right. But it's like it's like the fear of like D- David's like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? He won't answer at all. Like he like I would rather him say no, right? But I, yeah. I don't like when they don't answer, right? But then right, right. um as I'm doing my QT, I'm like being convicted, right? I'm like, mm. no, like God is my salvation. Like, there's not. Why am I scared of anything, really? Like, and um, I know it sounds so silly in the grand scheme of things, but all that to say, I think you kind of speaking into that, right? Is like, yeah, I mean, just shoot your shot. What do you have to lose? And hmm. when you do, the things that you do love and are passionate about, God will open doors. Hmm. Like, He will open the doors. And if he doesn't then it just wasn't what you were supposed to be doing in the first place i feel like and your story your journey for me like personally i'm like yeah like that's a testament of just shooting your shot not fearing anything and trusting that god's gonna do it Hmm. and not you you know what i mean yeah yeah i love it i love it i mean it's it's true though it's true amen to that and i think I'm 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 like the king of I love these one-liners and I love like I don't know if you've ever heard of this but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take classic one-liner I love it um and yeah I think that's what I realized even doing Kimchi Express and Kimchi Family Sorry was like, it the we, office what is that Was it the office I think Wayne I Gretzky know. said like Michael Scott quotes Wayne Gretzky or something sorry anyway sorry No I no I think it, I think it is Wayne Gretzky I don't know Anyways, okay. Yes, but it's true. I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. No, it's so true. We're we're all (laughs) saying the same thing. Um, Yeah, just going through that experience, like like getting getting pro players or even on the kimchi family side, like I don't know if people knew that the athletic director for Washington State is Korean. His name, yeah, like, and like there's an NBA coach out there that's Korean and like Hyun Jung Lee at Davidson who is like, a player that's going to be drafted in the NBA next year. Like all of these guys, this NFL coach, like Eugene Chung. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Like these people, um, they're willing to, they're willing to step up and help you out because they understand like where they come from. And mm-hmm. especially for us too, like, I feel like we have 
great uh, leveraging power if you just, you know, reach out and ask. And, you know, people are always down to help. People are always down to pay, pay it forward. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for encouraging me tonight, <laughs> Chan. I really appreciate it. And speaking of encouraging people, I always ask um, if you if you have any advice. I guess you kind of shared your advice just now. Um, but if there's somebody that maybe heard this episode and is like, man, mm. I have questions for Chun. Um, would you be open to like me connecting you guys? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I'm always down to talk. I'm awesome. always down. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Awesome. But do you, do you have any other advice for those listening, whether it's like life, life advice or Ooh. advice about wanting to go into business or sales? <laughs> it's so funny. Cause uh, I grow, I grew up like not wanting to be, cause my dad yaps a lot, like talks a lot. So I, I just grew up like, oh man, I don't want to be that like dad or something that's like talking a lot. But here I am. I feel like I've just been talking so much. No, I mean, it's I, a podcast, man. Yeah, you that's, true, talk that's true. That is so true. <laughs> but um, I think something that I've uh, I've been learning, and it's been more like reinforced recently is um, the topic on kind of like money and the desire of money and status mm. and your position. Uh, I think this obviously goes across like every industry, not even in sports, obviously, but um, especially when you're like post-grad or, or even now, basically. And so the point is, it's like, um, you know, money, it's, it's going to be spent. It's going to be saved. Like money is money. It's an item, but uh, what's more valuable to, you know, yourself in the long run or even the short run or any time is going to be how you, spend your time and what relationships that you sew into. So mm. um, I would say to at least my younger self, like plug yourself into a great community, um, find, you know, you don't have to have a lot of friends, but find, you know, one, two, three friends that are really, you know, you can, you can run with and find a mentor. That's huge too. Like, don't, don't be the oldest guy that you're talking to or don't be the oldest guy that's like in your group or in your circle. Like you always have to be able to be coached and there's people that have done it before you. So um, yeah, just how you spend your time and investing into relationships, then working an extra couple hours to make a few extra bucks. Like that's not gonna, that's not a, that's not a long-term investment there. Awesome. Yeah. It's really great and sound advice. I really appreciate it, Chen. Um, well, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, you heard it here. If you have any questions for Chen, you can reach out to me. You can DM me through social media or email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Until next time. Bye, Chen. Fight on. Fight on. <laughs> Go dogs. <laughs> Bye. Bye.